I, I really like what you said, we don't know everything. Uh, sometimes I get spoken to, I'm like, you're a business advisor, great, what should I do next? And I'm like, hmm, so I don't know your market. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Hello, welcome back. It's Christine, your host of the Startup Student Podcast, and this is episode two out of Four that we have with Haley Jones about the international uni life. And in the first episode, we talked a bit about cultural awareness, and, but more importantly, even, or maybe equally important, is um, what kind of offers do universities have, especially in the UK, but also around the globe, and where you can find that information. Today, we're talking about uh, more tips on how to start your own business in another country. Welcome back, Haley. Thanks for being with me again. I think the first episode was already really interesting and I always learn new things and feel inspired. And these days, especially if I can't meet people in person and you know uh, probably still how much of a people person I am and like being around people and love networking. So I'm, I'm really happy that I at least can talk to you and other interesting people via Zoom um, on, for this podcast. So thank you for being back and welcome. Thank you, Christine. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me again. I really enjoyed the last, recording the last podcast and I'm really looking forward to continuing with this podcast today on starting a business in another country. Obviously, I work at a university so I can support a lot of students on this journey if they want to continue studying um, and starting a business after they graduate. Um, thank you again for having me. Really looking forward to it. Yes, let's dive right in. We're talking a bit more about how, what to maybe look out for when you start in another country, apart from the cultural awareness that we mentioned in the last episode. Um, maybe I'll start by sharing a bit about my journey because when I was in Germany, where I'm from, I did not have my own business and I never wanted my own business. And uh, I was working in a design agency. You can hear a bit more about that in the intro episode and also in the episode when I talked to Mandy, if you haven't listened to those yet. But when I came to the UK, I felt, uh, okay, it's not for me anymore, this uh, marketing agency life. And I would like to do something else, didn't know what. And I, I thought like, oh, maybe I can do like this coaching training and this new linguistic um, programming training. Oh, what can I do now? And it all fell into place by itself, really. And I started working with startups, which is lovely, lovely, lovely. And I enjoy it so much and still um, did and still do. But uh, starting your own business comes with a lot of admin, a lot of research, a lot of things that you should do really to, let's say, minimize the risk of you failing or of you having to start over too many times again and again. Um, and one thing is if you start a business in a different country, there's even some more challenges. So for example, is uh, opening a bank account. Opening a bank account in a different country can be more difficult than in your home country like i experienced in the uk it was very one of the most difficult things i had to do getting a national insurance number stuff like this was all okay um, but getting a bank account was really difficult and even though i had a full-time job and just tried to get a bank account to get my salary <laughs> that was even 
uh, difficult. But I think if you are a student and want to start your own business and want to open up a bank account, it doesn't have to be a business bank account, maybe it depends on what kind of legal entity you are. But even that can be a bit difficult. Maybe you already have a bank account uh, when you are a student in a different country. That might also be the case. But there's all kind of different little things because you don't have a, a passport of this country that you're in at the moment that might uh, be more difficult than if you would be a native person in that country. Um, so this is first thing to know and look into, okay, what do I actually have to do? What are the legal requirements for me to start a business? And uh, what kind of stuff do I have to do? And what kind of things is maybe good to do? And then it comes also with restrictions. If you are a student, uh, and you are an international student, uh, then it comes also down to, are you from a EU country, studying in an EU country? Are you from non-EU but European country, studying in a EU country? Or are you from outside the EU, outside of Europe even, studying somewhere across Europe? And uh, there's a lot of things that you have to look into, but uh, I hand over maybe to Haley to go a bit deeper into that as well, because uh, like we mentioned in the last episode, you're working with a lot of international students. Absolutely, Christine. And it's like we plan this, but you do one side from your experience and I come at it from the side of support, which is yes. it's too good, really. Look at this podcast. Welcome. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to echo that starting a business in a different country each country will have their own legal aspects its own legislation and its own process so my number one tip for you if you want to start in a specific country look for the government website so for example in the uk the the government website has a whole section dedicated to starting a business and being self-employed so the best thing to do is how to set up a company in dot, dot, dot on Google. We all know who Google are. Um, so that <laughs> is a them. good, we know them. It's a good starting point just to understand what the actual legal requirements are. We want to do this by the books. We want to make sure that we're setting up a business that's, that's going to run smoothly. So do make sure you do your due diligence, your checks, and really look into what you need to do to start a business. Obviously, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about starting a business in the UK from a student's perspective that's coming to us from another country. Um, obviously, if you're from outside the home or the EU, then unfortunately, the visa you'll be studying with might not allow you to start up a business. And the reason I say might not is because I am not a legal advisor. I'm not a visa advisor, but I have experienced this with a lot of my startups and my students. So guidance for you is to check in with the visa team at your university read over your visa documents just to check if you're able or not able to do so and if you're coming from an international place such as China then you cannot study on a specific visa type um, and start up a business on that visa type so this isn't doom and gloom because we do have something to help you to start up a business after you graduate in the UK and it's called the startup visa and this visa allows you to stay in the UK to run your business after you've graduated for two years. There's people called endorsing bodies. 
and they are people that can take you through the process of application for your startup visa and then give you a letter to take to the government in the UK to apply for um, a letter to stay and to actually apply for the visa to stay and run your business. So for example at Loughborough University we are an endorsing body which means that we support our international graduates to start their businesses in the UK after they graduate. Of course we look into how good your business proposal is. In our process we ask you to do a nine page business plan, we ask you to do a little bit of an interview and the reason we do that is because the startup visa has a few eligibility criteria. Um, I would encourage you to research the startup visa in more detail if this sounds like it might be applicable to you, but there are specific things that you need to um, have as your business. So it has to be innovative, scalable and viable. And obviously any endorsing body will look to see if your business matches that criteria. So what you need to do is really find out what the process is for that endorsing body and make sure that you tick all of those boxes. It sounds confusing now, and it's it's not as confusing as it is, honestly. All you have to do is speak to the people that are the endorsing bodies and find out what their process is. And I'm sure if you've got a good business idea and you're passionate, then that will take you a long way anyway. Yes, and don't forget that exactly People like Haley at universities will be able to help you. They might not be the people who write the endorsement letter, but at least they're aware of it and they can guide you through and support you in creating something that uh, will help you to stay on. And I think it's, it's really, really, really important that you do your research because if you, if you start something, you might not be able to continue this business because you are um, not uh, following the law of the country that you're in and you might even have to pay a penalty or something like that. And you don't want this to happen because first of all, it's uh, not nice. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> it's also um, a lot of waste of time and passion of yours. But if you have a business idea, you might uh, be able to go to workshops and hackathons and all that kind of stuff that, for example, Haley organizes at the university to start building the skills to understand what it all takes to get to that point where you actually can start your business when you graduate because never never think that when you start a business it takes off from day one you have um, money in that business and uh, you can pay yourself a salary and everything's going to go smoothly uh, no you need a lot of preparation time <laughs> research time this is also why they asking um, for a nine-page business plan I think you said just to yeah. make sure that you did your research because yes, it can come up with a great idea, but it doesn't mean that it's a great idea and it will work. It just means you think it's a great idea and then you have to prove it actually will work and you don't have to just prove that to yourself, but also to other people. And there's um, for these kind of visas and endorsements, universities usually even have just a limited amount that they can give out. So if they have 100 students who want to apply for this visa, there might be a good competition going on And they might just have, I don't know how many you have a year at the moment, but maybe up to 10, maybe maximum 20, maybe sometimes just three that they can give out. So you have to come up with a really good idea and prove that you're passionate and serious about it and show that this is going to work by data, by this business plan. 
Absolutely, Christina. I'm glad you brought that up about competition because one of the number one questions I get from my international students is, how many visas do you have? And my response to this, these individuals is, you are not competing against all of your fellow students. You are competing against your competitors in your market. So if yes. you can go out and prove that your business is a good business, then the university can always ask the government or the endorsing body can ask the government for more um, places for endorsement for the startup visa. So I do not want you to think that you're competing with other people in the workshops at, at your university or your um, institution because you're not you're you're competing with the market the people that are reviewing your startup visa application want to see that you understand your market that you know who your target audience are and you know that your business is going to succeed and following on from that question is yeah but how do i prove my concept i i can't run my <laughs> business right now because i'm on my study visa yes and this is where primary research comes in speaking to your customers, getting letters, getting feedback from people, from um, other uh, businesses, showing that when you get this visa, you, you are ready to go. From day one, you've got a following, you've got a good social media profile with people understanding what you're doing, you've spoken to your customers, you've done all of the, the structure of your business in place, and when you get that visa, you are trading on day one because you only have two years on the visa uh, process. So what we want to make sure that you do is utilize those two years to your advantage mm. so that you then can go on to apply for the innovator visa, which then allows you to stay in the UK um, to continue running this business. But to get the innovator visa, you need to be able to prove that your business is working. So yes. if I gave you the startup visa and you were going to do market research for the first year, it's going to be very difficult for you to start proving that your business works the year later. Like Christine said, I'm sorry to say it again, but businesses don't start on day one. <laughs> there is a lot of work that goes into it, but Never. it's rewarding work. <laughs> yes. It's rewarding over, work. Yeah, that is correct. And all the overnight successes are not overnight successes. Don't let the storytelling and media influence your thinking. People who sold their businesses for millions, overnight successes, they worked for years on their business, even just in the background. Side hustles do exist. Yes. And, and one of the things that I always say is if you're running a business or starting a business in your passion, it won't feel like work. You'll enjoy getting up late. You'll enjoy that you've got an investor meeting tomorrow and you've got to prepare and it's 3 a.m. and you've got a coffee in your hand and you're just typing away on your laptop. But you'll love doing it because it's what you want to achieve. So yeah. obviously starting a business with something that you're interested in but not quite there or you're not quite sure, I think really look within yourself to find out why you want to start the business and look at what your successes are. Yeah. One of the things that I always do with my startups is look at their goals. So I have one-to-one -one business advice sessions, like I said, last episode. And one of the first introductory sessions, I will speak with my students and say, so why is it you want to start this business? And a lot of the time they're like, well, it's a good idea. Don't you think? And I'm like, yeah, but do you <laughs> think it's a good idea? And they're like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And then I'm like, well, prove it to me then. Go away, do your research, come yeah. back to me and tell me it's a good idea. And 
every single time you see that light in someone's eyes light up okay this is good I've got someone telling me what to do yes, <laughs> I'm gonna yes. go away <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy this process and prove in Haley wrong yeah yeah challenges you will come across a lot of those uh, in your student life in your life but especially also in your business life and I think what you guys have to understand you guys listening <laughs> is that um, not everyone no matter how much experience they have knows every market and can tell you this is a good idea it's not about this if you you're talking to Haley, Haley might not know the catering world in uganda how does it work there because you might say oh i want to start a business there um or in some she might not know a specific market even in the uk the same is for me i work since eight nine years at this point on time startups across europe um, and with the European Startup Association, um, even outside of Europe as well. But it's, it's not like someone can tell me, this is my idea. What do you think is a good idea? All we can do is we can use our, our own subjective thoughts and tell you, mm, yes, maybe I might buy this or I'm not a target group. I don't know. And this is what Haley said. You need to prove this to us because in the end, you need to prove it to other people as well. Uh, especially if you want investment or if you want to participate in certain competitions where you can get smaller investment, bigger investment, no matter what you need, um, you should prove to yourself and to other people that you're talking to that this is a really good idea and will work with data, with data. And these days you can find everything, everything, everywhere, <laughs> online, offline, talking <laughs> to people. I, I really like that you said we don't know everything. Sometimes I get spoken to, I'm like, you're a business advisor, great, what shall I do next? And I'm like, hmm, so I don't know your market. You are the expert in your market. What you need to do is tell me enough and I can guide you down the direction that I think you should start taking. Yeah. The first thing that I say to my startups is, I don't know everything, but if I don't know, maybe someone in my network will. Yeah. And if they don't know, what a great journey that we're going to go on together. We're going to find it out together and I'm going to learn something yeah. and you're going to learn something. So yeah. even if you don't know something, don't see it as a challenge, see it as an opportunity to learn, yeah. to, 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 to grow, to grow yourself as a business. And obviously starting a business in another country adds an extra layer of opportunity. I'm using the word opportunity here, not challenge, <laughs> opportunity. But we have networks in the UK that can support me and my role on supporting you to start in another country such as like the international trade office there's people that are the experts in their little field that we can draw on to, to guide us to solve our problems to solve our questions and it really is being open and and finding out where these people are and normally people yeah. are good people and they're they're happy to interact with you to ask mm -hmm. questions and please don't neglect your linkedin profiles Yes, that is even I know it says it's a professional network and a lot of people think it's just to, to find jobs. No, Christine is the master and I mean the master <laughs> of networking and you should see her network. It's amazing. I've never seen anyone do it this well. Oh, but Christine, I think I think you could agree that LinkedIn is a great place to get yes. advice, right? Definitely. I mean, so many uh, when, when organizing events, getting speakers, uh, getting uh, people for interviewing for the podcast, uh, 
everything you can think of, you can find on LinkedIn. And if people have a good LinkedIn profile, you should be able to see their experience. Then you might have a call and see, because you shouldn't just take everyone on board and, and, and just believe everyone who says something. And this is where people like Haley at universities come in. They, they might not know everything and they can't answer every question that you have. But like Haley said, they can tell you where to start and where to find the information or draw on a network or help you to find out something. Because if you say, do you think it's a good idea? I think personally, maybe it might work. However, you need to prove it to yourself and to me, and you need to do a proper market analysis. You need to um, understand your target audience better. And here, this is how you can do it. It can give you the framework that you can work with to actually get to the results uh, that you need to know and to understand the industry inside out. And it helps you then for Haley um, to understand the market that you're in to then give you even more specific advice. But don't expect anyone, anyone to do this work for you. No one. And especially not at the university. I, I also had this in the past. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the industry. Can you tell me all the websites and all the sources where I can go? No, sorry. But if you're working with 700 students, uh, it's impossible. <laughs> and it's also not our work. It's part of the entrepreneur's journey that you do the work yourself. Because you might be sitting in an investor meeting a couple of years down the line and they go, yeah, but where did you find all this information? You can't go, oh, my business advisor back at uni when I studied there got it for me. It, <laughs> you, you will ultimately create gaps in your knowledge around, surrounding your business if you don't do the work yourself. Obviously, that's not to say that you can't build a team that can support you on that work and you can't build a board of advisors, you can't build people like me to help you find those bits of information and to help you structure that information but you do need to have an understanding of your own business and your market. I think one of the things that I always say, and I think it is a good lesson to learn, is that I, I don't know everything, but also I am quite happy for you to say, Hayley, you're wrong. I, I don't think yes. your bit of advice here is right. That's fine. I love it when a student says that to me, because I'm like, okay, why i'd love to hear why and exactly they, that's the point <laughs> because yeah it's like okay i'm wrong why because i've done my research and i can see that there is a market for me and you know what on those days i walk out of the office i'm smiling i'm like right i'm doing my job right <laughs> i'm helping someone solve their own problems just by giving them a challenging question so the reason we exist mentors exist are to give you those challenging questions and to be a sounding board for you just to talk about it like christine said in our last episode starting a business can be lonely so if if you've got other people to talk to even if it is just just to chat just to just to vent sometimes of course there's not always a happy thoughts in startups but one of the things that i would like to say is try try very hard to celebrate your successes how big or small startups go at a million miles an hour you're one day you're a finance director one day you're a marketing director one day you're on sales and you you just jump into the next thing and forget about the success that you had yesterday so if you can make sure to keep a record of all those successes because it will drive you forward and it is good to reflect on what you've done don't you think christine completely and you can't see because uh, we're recording this on audio only and you can't see this because you're listening on audio only but i was nodding the whole time <laughs> i couldn't say it more uh, uh, and i was one of these people who never recognized any achievements 
and uh, I started doing actually at the end of the year a, a three-minute video of the year to show to myself what I, I did and what I achieved in this year and I said oh I actually did quite a lot this is amazing this is good it's great and it's okay to say this it's okay to say I've done amazing things I've done really well here and it's not about being arrogant. It's about recognizing what you're doing because this keeps you motivated. And keeping a record of this is even more important. Keeping maybe even a record from positive feedback that you're getting in something like a feedback scrapbook. It could be offline, online, could be just screenshots that you save. Um, this can really help you when you feel a bit demotivated, if you feel a bit down, if things don't go to plan. Pick this up, look in, and it will help you to feel more motivated immediately. Absolutely. I think bringing it back to the title of starting a business in another country, like you haven't just got this business that you're working on. You've also got this new lifestyle you're working on. <laughs> You've also got this new culture you're trying to assimilate into. There's so much going on that it is really difficult to obviously see through all of that and to find out what's next. Yeah. So I just think making sure you spend the time on reflection and not just talking about business all the time. Take time for yourself. I think we covered a lot in this episode. Thank you so much, Haley. It was amazing. We went a bit deeper into uh, uh, maybe a startup visa and what might be the restrictions at this point in time. And um, please note that if you listen to this episode, maybe not in 2020, but 21, 2, 3, 4, 5, 30, 25,000, <laughs> then <laughs> this visa might be called differently because and it also might be called differently depending on where you live in which country but there's always something there's always restrictions if you are in a different country if you are on a student visa there's always restrictions on how you can work what you can work in general but also specifically on starting your own business so make sure you check that out um, with people like Haley at your university we looked a bit into uh, some other tips a bit uh, in our experience and um, coming back to the cultural awareness that we talked about in the first episode. Hayley, thank you so much for being again guest of this episode. In the next one, we are going to talk about building a support network in a foreign country. So I'm looking forward to having another conversation with you, Hayley. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm buzzing. I'm sitting here in my room <laughs> looking at the screen that I can see uh, our names on there and I'm already excited. So thank you again for having me. And you could do this, guys. You could do this. You can start your own business, even if it's in another country. Motivation here. Yeah, you can do it. You can whoop, do whoop. it. I'm trying to make up a song here, which I'm not good at. Hey. <laughs> thank you, hey. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Speak to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.